This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week, we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is our six-year anniversary celebration. Where is my sound effect? There we go. All right. So many claps and cheers. It's very long sound effect. I (laughs) should have found more clapping sound effects because I've used the same one for any celebration. No, I like it. It's It's a tradition. It's a tradition. I think we all look forward to those very genuine and real screams of joy i know it reminds me of south by southwest with you when, when <laughs> yeah, there was an actual just crowd like that when it, yeah well I mean, i'm saying like that was like the only time we've ever done our podcast live we did it twice 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 it's the southwest. first one was better <laughs> yes <laughs> um Anyways, we will be answering your listener questions, including a follow-up from a listener who went against our advice and now has a new problem. I'm excited to hear what that is. And another listener who is a COVID bride and doesn't know what anniversary to celebrate. Did Angela Sparrow write this question? (laughs) It's not me, I swear. But I wrote back to the listener and I was like, you know what? Your question makes me feel better. So we're Uh, helping each other. I know. I already try to celebrate like our dating anniversary and wedding anniversary. Nick says no. So I really <laughs> can't wait to hear about this. Uh, then we're talking about what's in the news. More couples are sleeping apart. <laughs> did, did, this is so spot. I've Nick's been sleeping in the guest room <laughs> when I have to wake up for the baby. So relatable. And Pinterest bans all weight loss ads. But first, Angela, you and I have big news to announce. And I guess we're just going to get right to it at the top of the episode. This might be a shocker to our listeners. Yeah. I hope you guys are sitting down. (laughs) Sitting down. (laughs) I don't know if you're prepared. Take a sip of water. Are you prepared to hear news that will change your life? Change your life. And then they're going to hear it and be like, "Mm, okay, who cares? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So here's the deal, guys. We've been doing the podcast for six years, which is a really long time. I actually recently Googled what is the lifespan of a podcast and it said something like 50% of podcasts don't like make it past their second episode or something like because like anybody can start a podcast so many people just they don't make it past their second episode I'm sorry they just like give up I don't know if you don't make it past your second episode that was not a podcast that was called a (laughs) test and then you should not have put that on air you should have just like I don't know because I I think people expect like instant gratification and then they make like a couple episodes and they're like, hmm, no one's listening. This isn't fun. And then they stop. Which or maybe is, like, they think like, this is a little harder than I thought. I guess you don't just like right. talk into a mic. You have to do a lot of behind the scenes annoying stuff. Right. So anyway, so we've been doing our show for six years, which is a really long time. And we've gotten to learn a lot and talk a lot about a lot of things. And we have decided after all this time, that we're going to end. We're going to go out on a high note. We're ending the show. I, w- I was going to play the clapping cheers sound effect, but I thought that. <laughs> I know. I, was, I feel like I was like, hold for applause. 
Or a hold for tears. I should have. <laughs> um, anyways, um, let's answer. So anyways, yeah, we <laughs> don't even know what to say. I'm not going to cry. We always said that we wanted to go out on a milestone and we've pushed that milestone back so many times. We said, you know what? We're going to end at, well, first we said we we're going to do 30 episodes. And then we said, we're going to end at maybe like, our, you know, year two, year three, year four, year five. Like we were always like, let's just do one more year. Let's just do one more year. We'll just do one more year. And then most recently we said, you know what? We're going to end at seven years. And so we were going to do that podcast for a whole nother year. And we said, let's end at seven. And we thought that was kind of funny because we started off as a dating podcast and there's the like seven year itch that whatever. Right. It was it was like right. a stupid reason. But the seven year itch that like celebrities have and they all get divorced at like seven years. Right. Not that it would be a divorce, of course. No, but, because uh, we actually still love each other and we're still friends. It's not even like a falling out. Which yeah, we're would not honestly so, probably make the decision a lot easier if you hated me or I hated you. Because we're not Simon and Garfunkeling. No, uh, we're not. I know it would. It's like I feel like that girl where where I'm like, I wish you just cheated on me. <laughs> or something. Right. It would make it so much easier if you cheated on me. Um, it's true. And like to be clear, we both have said we have mixed emotions about ending. Like we're sad, but also we're like, wow, we've gotten so much out of this, and it's like time to move on. As much as we would both love to be like in a nursing home elderly women talking about talking to what, each other what happened in your week laura i don't remember and it is so um, fun to like have an excuse to talk to your friend every week but like i said we don't want to like we don't want to go out on like a sad note or just keep doing the podcast for the sake of it and we said we wanted to go on a milestone and we're like you know what can you get a bigger milestone than like i just had a baby angela just got married and we're like six years not that those are like the, ever like the goals that we tell people they need to have for themselves. I almost, I just almost kind my, of hate that those are the notes. For me, I should say for me, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, tied up with a bow. I'm married. We're ending. So like to be clear, that's not why we're ending. But narratively, if this was a movie, it does work. It does. It does work. And we 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 said we were like, that'd be funny if the finale was your wedding, like a Kardashian. The Kardashian finale. Finale. Well, we did have the drama. We had the delay of the wedding. I know. You know, there's still going to be another wedding. Anyways, it kind of came abrupt. We were like, you know what? I think, like, I want this, like, mental load of, like, I I always want to do everything that I do the best that I can do it. And so I don't want to be spread too thin. And honestly, with, like, two kids and trying to do my other work projects, I'm like, I want to give my all to the podcast and be doing like killer rundowns with killer guests. And I want to go out on a high. And I feel like we've accomplished so much. This like, I think we have almost like 5 million downloads at this point. And that's crazy. That's crazy. I never thought that we would have accomplished so much. And like I said, gone to South by Southwest twice and had such amazing guests on the show. And like, we were in... My favorite teenage magazine, good old Cosmopolitan that I used to read at my parents' house in the OC when I was a kid. Never thought I'd be in that. We were in that. I mean, no, yeah. I don't really care about Cosmopolitan, but like I would. I, I mean, I care that we were in it. I care, Yeah. <laughs> if you I told think, my like teenage self, I would have freaked out. We've. I mean, as a result of 
the podcast and the book before it and the sketch show before that, we've accomplished so many things that I never thought that yeah. I would do. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I have no regrets. Yeah, we met. We started the sketch show in 2013. So it's like, okay, at some point we got to like end this shit and move on. <laughs> like it's 2021. <laughs> We're like, yeah. what is that? Like eight, nine years of doing, of of like working together on a really cool project that we were able to see so many different iterations of. And when we realized, okay, we can't just keep talking about dating because like it just started to feel like slightly less authentic. Like I wanted to talk more about relationships because I, you know, want to talk about it from a personal point of view. So we rebranded and that was working for a while. We were able to talk about motherhood and politics and all the things we said in our intro, but I don't know. We just, it felt, it felt right for us to come to an end. Yeah. And our our rebrand wound up totally unplanned syncing up with COVID hitting. So it was actually perfect timing when we rebranded because then we were able to talk about all the things that were going on in the world, which like I think was helpful to listeners and helpful to us because it was such a weird, scary time to have like an outlet to kind of commiserate over like like not just COVID, but how you do like dating during COVID or how you and we still did friendships during COVID. So we did we we talked about that and Exactly. We still did talk about dating, but imagine if we were doing just a dating show, Angela, during a year of COVID. It'd be like, how many episodes could we have done where we had, where we were like, um, yeah, dating's really hard when you can't meet in person. And yeah, uh, yeah, you probably shouldn't be like kissing a bunch of people. Uh, would there be like, um, only so much advice. So it was so nice that we rebranded, like you said, when we did so that we could really expand also been inauthentic for us to do that because it wasn't something we were experiencing. And I think that we've always tried to keep the show authentic. And I think that's like part of what people like about it. And like our our dynamic is like there's we 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 try not to talk about stuff that we don't have our own experience with. And if we don't have our own experience, we'll like bring on an expert or bring on a guest. And I think that that's also part of like why it's the right time to end because you would be able to tell if we were not authentically excited to keep doing the show. And I think like after you do something for as long as we've been doing it, your enthusiasm like has peaks and valleys and like, yeah, like we want to bow out with grace and we want to bow out with grace. Beautiful. (laughs) While we're still, while we're still excited to be doing it. Yeah. I feel bad that we're announcing this when I have like a I have like a cold right now, so I probably sound a little weird. Our eyes, maybe just, just say my that head. you're it weeping. Fluid. So, yeah, I'm just weeping over here. That's what all the tissues are. Um, <laughs> so our first episode was July 30th, 2015. The title was "You're Calling Dibs on Everybody," which was a chapter of our book, which is about how when you go to a bar and you're like, "Ooh, that guy's cute," like dibs, but maybe that guy is actually into your friend, and your friend likes the guy. Like you can't just call dibs on a bunch of people. And we talked about that phenomenon. Yeah, that um, was that was classic. This is why you're single. That's like vintage. This is why <laughs> vintage. Uh, and then our first rebranded episode was uh, five twenty. What is that? May <laughs> five yes. May. Uh, and May that was 20. friendship during a pandemic, which is classic vintage. Rebrand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, that's uh, yeah, classic. This is why. Um, no, it's funny how many episodes 
since we rebranded were we could never could have predict, predicted how much they would be about illness I know. and worldwide pandemic. But uh, that's what the last year was. Altogether, we will have recorded 315 episodes, which the OCD part of me hates that it's 315 and not just a flat 300. But when you when we're doing like, you know, we're announcing this on our six-year anniversary and years, there's 52 weeks a year, so it can't all add up. But anyways, <laughs> we won't be going out on a flat 300. So I was but like, it's better, it's maybe better we than like just... a random like 312. Sure, you know, sure. It's, it's rounded. Maybe we got to go to like 500. If I saw like we did 500 episodes, that would like make me feel better. But anyways, um, we'd be locked in because of Laura's OCD. See, of, that's the Virgo. That's that Virgo that's, in you. I, that's what I should tell Nick anytime I like, I get I'm it. like OCD at home. Like, sorry, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Nick will be like, oh, in that case. Oh, in that case. I understand. I understand why you like get annoyed when I leave cups all around the house. Um, so anyways, Big news, our podcast is ending. That was what all this babble was about. How are you That's feeling, right. Angela? How has the processing of this decision been? Because we kind of like, I basically call, we've, we've been talking about this off and on for a while of like, when should we end? When should we end? And like most recently we were like seven years. We're like, okay, cool. Sounds good. And then after your wedding, I was like, I don't know. This is like feeling like the right time to end. And it wasn't just because your wedding. Okay, I'm blaming it on you. It was because I had a second <laughs> kid and I was like, fuck, this is hard. Um, and and yeah, to be clear, it had nothing to do with my wedding. It didn't. I didn't want it to sound like I'm like, I'm married now. I can't do this. No, no, it wasn't you. It was, um, it was more just I felt like our personal chapters of our life had kind of come to a conclusion's not the right word, but like a milestone, both like at the same time. We both yeah. had like personal milestones and then we were reaching, like we were about to work on our six year anniversary episode. And I was like, I don't know. It's feeling like the right time now. And I called you. I was like, how are you feeling? You're like, I'm feeling the same way. And I was like, whoa. And then we're like, let's process this for a day. And then we both kind of were like, we're in the same place, but we have promised we're going to have like hangs. I've already invited you to a show in Williamsburg. Right. Well, we haven't actually been in the same place physically um since 2020 early 2020 yeah, you know like it it's been at least it's been over a year since I have actually seen you in real life yeah you've seen Nick though because he came over to like set up at your house and I yes, see I, I, I see you on FaceTime which honestly I just like I feel your energy in the room yeah I mean that's been the weird thing about this year is in some ways we've We've been closer than ever with people through yeah. our screens. But yeah, I'm looking at you right now, but yeah. I haven't like physically been with you. So looking at me like kind of in the dark because the room I record in is my little office that has this like stupid Jonathan Adler light that has like, I don't know, 50 light bulbs in this. Like, I don't even know what you call it. This light fixture is awful. No offense, Jonathan Adler, but like <laughs> it produces so much heat. It's like a fireplace. Anyways, it is also the room a that heat I record wave. It's, it's also a heat wave and we have to turn off our air conditioners to record because they are loud. Right. So um, it's 90 degrees today. So all that. Um, sweaty. I don't. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling? That was what I, I asked <laughs> you and then I just kept talking. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been, I don't know, like a week, a little over a week since we made this decision. So I've had time to process. I think it's like, it's mixed feelings. I'm definitely going to have 
a bit of an identity crisis when our final episode airs because when you do something for this long and then it's gone, like you feel the void. But I'm also excited to see like what I will do with that time and energy. Hopefully something. Hopefully it will be put to good use. I mean, it can never match what we've created together, I'm sure. But like, yeah, I hope I do something for myself that makes me happy. Yeah. This extra time that I will be giving myself. I know um, we're like planning on ending, but I did run into Jake who like runs our network. And I didn't even tell you this, but I ran into him outside the gym, which is right near uh, my son's school and Rilo's school. And he was like, you know, like if you change your mind in like six months or a year, whatever, like, you know, you still have the feed. And I was like, okay, don't tell me that because I'm trying to like, (laughs) I'm processing a death of my podcast. I'm just saying like, like never say never. Maybe it'll be like, like how Star Trek ended in the 60s, but then like a decade later, they made a movie. Yeah. Maybe we'll make a movie. We'll, we'll make like a special, like a Christmas special or something one day down the line. Who knows? Like you said, never say never. So we told you that our podcast is ending. We didn't tell you how many more episodes we're doing. We're doing two more episodes, which is not the warning we wanted to give you. Initially, we were like, we're going to give them 10 episodes. But then – I don't know. We were like, we should announce this on our six year anniversary. And we want, we're going to do two more special episodes. It just felt right. We're going to do you a dating it? one. Yeah. Because that's how we started, like OG dating. We're going to do like a whole dating special. And then we're going to do our final episode. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of when people, we, this is a question we've gotten a lot over the years. People will write to us and be like, I've been dating somebody and I just found out they're like moving in a month. And we're going to break up in a month. Should we stay together for for that month? And it's always like weird to have that hanging over your head. And I don't know what the right answer is, but it's sort of the same thought process of us being like, we know we're ending. Should we stretch out a couple more episodes and just like talk about whatever, knowing that it's hanging over our heads or should we just end it? So we just, we we pulled the plug. We ripped the bandaid off. Yeah. We broke up with the boyfriend that's moving. <laughs> we just it's decided hard. to if end it in said two like, episodes. Yeah, if they're moving a month is hard. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, if you know you're not going to do long distance, it's like, I think you could just be like, okay, we can date other people because <laughs> you got to start right. looking, right? Well, because, I mean, if you know you're not going to stay together, it kind of shows that it's not that serious to begin with. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. Big news to drop on you. Please email us. Let us know how you're feeling. Contact at this is why the podcast.com. I don't know. I don't know what I expect you to maybe just DM us on our Instagram. I don't know. I don't know what I want you to say, but I <laughs> say wish, whatever's in your heart. Say whatever's in your heart. All right, it's time to jump into our mailbox. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Italic. Italic is a new kind of everything store. They offer quality goods from the same manufacturers as leading brands for up to 80% less. Access everything from cashmere sweaters to linen sheets. I got to say, Angela, I'm also like very into the name. I just like the name Italic. I think it's like chic and fun. And that's such a fun name for a company. It's good. I feel like I can close my eyes and see their branding without even like knowing what it is. I know what it is. It better be an Italic. (laughs) I bet you it's not just to be ironic. Yeah. 80% is a lot of money. All right. Tell us about Italic. What's 
the okay. dealio. Here's the deal. Italic obsessively finds the highest quality items and ensures a fair price. They connect you with manufacturers from around the world and take exaggerated brand markups out of the equation. They look beyond the logo and get the same quality for a fraction of the price. Members save an average of $746 per year by getting up to 80% off on their favorite products. You can find sheets from the same manufacturer as St. Regis and Four Seasons. Uh, leather bags by the same manufacturers as Prada and Miu Miu. Did I say that right, Laura, my fashion friend? Yep, yep. Good. Great. Miu Miu. Love a good Miu Miu. Your Miu, picture, Miu. I've you know, seen it written. Sparklies, just, really just fun. never said it out loud, you know? Um, even Although, diamond so, Who earrings. knows? Someone might call us and be like, Laura, you don't know what you're talking about, but whatever. <laughs> well, whatever. All that matters is you get your stuff from the same manufacturer as them, and they even have diamond earrings made by artisans who previously worked for Cartier and Van Cleef and Arpels. Very cool. Sign up for an Italic membership at italic.com slash join today using code thisiswhy for 30% off. Again, that's code thisiswhy for 30% off your membership at italic.com slash join. Angela, what do we have in the mailbox? Well, in honor of our six-year – bless you, Laura. (laughs) I really tried to hide that in the pillow. It didn't work. Um. In honor of our six-year anniversary episode, I found a question that somebody sent us where they had written us like a year ago. Um, We gave advice that they didn't really take, but now they have a a new question. So to refresh your memory, this question, you might remember it. It was from last year. She had written in – this is our listener, Delaney. Delaney wrote, I currently have one roommate who became my best friend during our time living together last year. I also have become great friends with a lot of individuals, including staff members at my church on campus. The church has eight individuals who live at the church to work the desk, help with light cleaning, etc. each year for free in exchange for their work. It has been heavily suggested to me by staff members that I will be offered one of these positions my senior year, meaning my rent is completely free. I guess my overall question is, do I risk part, um, do I risk part, part of the social life? I think maybe parting with – there was a typo here. I don't know. Uh, the social life and amazing friendships I've built to live in a place where I won't have to pay rent. Any advice you have would be great. So I believe the advice we gave was we said, um, you know, free is nice, but you might have more fun living with your friends. And, you know, this is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so you might want to take advantage of it. I believe that was the advice we gave. So she wrote – back to us recently. And she said, I wanted to first say thank you for answering my question about my living situation last summer. I ended up, sorry, going against your advice and choosing to live at the church because my current roommate, who I was worried about drifting apart from, actually suggested me as a candidate to the decision makers, indirectly giving me permission to do so. We've made plans for how we were going to stay close, had a little heart to heart about my concerns, so that's less of a worry now. I also got really close with a lot of my future roommates this year, so I'm really excited about it. Now I have a new issue. I mean, you can't argue with free rent. I don't blame her. I know. I mean, yeah. And and it'd be like, like, oh, you're friends, but like free rent. And her other roommate like gave her her blessing. So yeah, it sounds like everything kind of, the stars aligned. I don't blame you, Delaney. But you do have this new problem now. So let's I also let's love the name discuss. Delaney. Great name. Really great name. Uh, very unique name. So I hope you don't mind that you're not anonymous, but you signed your name. So I think we're good. All right. So she says, 
I have a new issue. One of the girls I will be living with has connected me specifically, oh, connected with me specifically over our shared experiences with anxiety and other mental health things. She frequently has anxiety attacks at church when I am present, so I sit with her because I know how it feels to be alone in those circumstances. However, the frequency with which these happen now, sometimes twice a week, and how much she needs me has gotten to become too much for me. If you're familiar with compassion fatigue, that's definitely what's happening. I know I I love that phrase. Have we ever used that phrase, compassion fatigue? I think, I mean, that's definitely a phrase that has become popular in this past year because there's just been so many things going to hell. (laughs) If you're an empathetic, compassionate person, you want to like like, be there for everybody, but it can be like exhausting. And like, there's only so much, there's only so much you can hold for other people. Exactly. Um, So she said, that's definitely what's happening. I know I need to prioritize my own well being and have healthy boundaries but I don't want her to feel alone. How do I show her I care and can be there for her sometimes without seeming selfish or like an inconsistent friend? This gets really tricky because we will be living together and my location and physical availability will be better known even if my emotional availability isn't quite there. Thank you in advance. First of all, I want to give her like major props for so much self-awareness of the situation. Like she's concerned that she's going to physically be living with this person that emotionally depends on her, which is honestly a situation I've never loved with roommates. Like I've always liked having roommates. Like my best roommates were ones where we were really friendly with each other, but we like didn't really hang out. And we were more just like cordial and treat each other with respect and like could communicate okay. But like we each had our own friend groups because – Otherwise, it felt like the couple times I did live with a friend, it was like I felt like I always had to – I was obligated to always invite them. And sometimes I just wanted to go out with another friend, you know, like a one-on-one. I wanted to have another friend over. And I didn't want to feel obligated to always like have my roommate around or hang out with my roommate or invite my roommate or – and yeah. And also just like she's saying, like that emotional – that like having a kind of border between like that emotional – relationship and like someone with you're living with it's just it can be it can be really hard it's hard with a partner and it's like just as hard with a friend um so god what would you do in that situation I I know someone close to me that had a similar situation with just like a really needy kind of depressed friend and they couldn't handle all the like emotional dependency and they just kind of ghosted because, like, they really couldn't have that conversation of, like, I still want to be your friend. I want to be there for you. But, like, I don't want to be for you, be there for you so much. What would you do, Angela? I definitely I – mean, I don't think you should go with somebody that's in a vulnerable position no, to begin I wasn't with. But it sounds like this, this person is not going to do that and also doesn't have the option to do that because they live together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely good that – you set boundaries now because you're correct in assuming that the boundaries are going to get blurred because you're going to physically always seem like you're available. Um, So I think, I mean, first of all, I just want to say, like you mentioned being afraid of being a selfish friend and even in just this email, you sound like a very compassionate person. So I really don't think that um, creating boundaries for yourself is being selfish. So you should just like reframe that in your mind. Yeah, um, I, I also agree with Angela. I want to like validate everything you said. I think you said 
you want to prioritize your own well-being, which you deserve. You want to have healthy boundaries, which you deserve. Like, yeah, she might, you know, even if she says you're selfish, I just want you to know that you're not being selfish and that you want to be there for her, but you just can't. Yeah, it's like too much. You don't want to be like a caretaker, basically. Um, I think you should make sure that like you're getting out of your shared living space and going and doing things with other people and like not giving her all your time. Um, And like I think that when you're home and if she's like approaching you a lot, I think you can just say to her like, you know, I'm kind of struggling with my mental health right now, which you mentioned you've had struggles before. And like when I'm going through something like that, for me personally, I like to have a little like private time to decompress. So if you don't mind, like we can let's schedule like a lunch date where we can talk on like Wednesday and we can like kind of compartmentalize all of this on our lunch date. But right now I need like my private time. Yeah. Something that's a good idea. I would also tell her like if she's having twice a week anxiety attacks at church, I would really say like, hey, like there's only you can also kind of just play into your kind of non-expertise of the matter and say like, you know, I want to be there for you. Like, but, you know, I feel like you need someone that really can help you a little more, like whether that's a therapist, whether that's like someone at the church, I don't know, Um, you know, and you could just say like, I have like so much going on and I don't want you to feel alone. And like you can kind of, you know, so say like, you know, it's because I care about you. I don't want you feeling alone, but I have so much going on. I like don't think I can emotionally be there for what you need. I think I want you like, can I help you find someone that can help you with this? So, And I think that sometimes that's when compassion fatigue happens is when um, you're like feeling empathetic for somebody, but they're also not helping themselves. And the same thing just keeps happening and they're not doing anything to fix it or help themselves and all they're doing is coming to you and depending on you, then of course you're going to get fatigued by that because they're not doing the right thing for themselves. So yeah, push her in the direction of a professional for sure. You'll still be there for her, but like she needs a professional. What else do we have in the mailbox? Um, Okay. Next up, we have a question from our listener about um, conflicting anniversary dates. Like I said, I identify. So she writes, uh, this is anonymous. She writes, we had our civil wedding, just us, and are getting church married on a beach in the Philippines early and in Idaho later next year for our family and friends. Plus, being at the beach, we might be required to get officially Catholic sanctioned physically inside the church married a day prior. So a total of three, possibly four weddings. We don't know what wedding anniversary to celebrate. That's so Thoughts? much. Um, I mean, I'm right there with you because I will – I mean, like I used to joke on the podcast. I was like, which do I celebrate? Like our dating anniversary that we've been celebrating for seven years or do I now just start celebrating my wedding date? Well, now I have two wedding dates. I have the wedding date – um, from this year and then the one next year, which is going to be this year was June um, 5th and next year is June 6th. So we're like, I guess we'll celebrate at midnight. Um, but I think like obviously not everybody has things line up as perfectly as we did. But like I think that's kind of what you do is you just like pick like – you just choose. Whatever you want it to be, you know? I, I In this 
crazy COVID world, we make the rules. Exactly. And also, even in a non-crazy COVID world, you have to make the rules. So Nick and I, we met 12-12. And we basically just started dating from the moment that we met. And so that was always our our anniversary was 12-12. So easy to remember. And then we get married in May on some date. I always make, I don't know, it was like 5-23, 5-25. I don't even know. And... And then, you know, you're supposed to celebrate your wedding anniversary all of a sudden. And that's basically the one that Nick wants to celebrate. But for me, I'm like, I don't want to – why do I have to start back at zero? Like, you know? Like, we've been together like a decade. Like, no. Why do I have to start back at zero? And so he thinks it's, like, stupid. And he's like, you know what's going to – he goes, you know what's going to happen? Like, you're just going to get two anniversaries out of this because (laughs) you're still going to want to celebrate our wedding. I'm like, no, I won't. But, like, also since, like, we both think weddings are – you know, the paper, it's just like a paperwork contractual, like random date. It's, I feel like it doesn't have a actual magical, the, like the magic of like the day we met. Cause that feels more right. like fate brought, bringing us together, whatever you want to call it. Whereas the wedding, we just like picked that date cause it was available. You know, it's like more right. subjective. So for me, I really like 12, 12, but the date, I don't know for Nick, he wants to celebrate in May. So we do that and it's fine. But but I always make sure in our little captions, I'm like, you know, five year wedding anniversary, but 11 together. Because you know, like, yeah, that's time accrued. You want that to count. I agree. Count. It should totally count. Um, I also think like as time goes on, certain dates will just stand out to you as being meaningful to you and some won't. Like I, our original date, for, to get married was May 29th and then it was canceled. And I thought like going forward, we'd always remember that day and we'd like honor it in some way. And this year, May 29th came and went and I didn't even think about it. I didn't remember it all. So like – Yeah, you're like, I who cares? Think, On the yeah, actual like, day that your wedding was supposed to happen, obviously it was sad. You're like, I should be at my wedding right, right now. But, but then, then they, a year later, I was like, whatever. Yeah, totally. And yeah. So I think just pick the one that you feel like has the most meaning. For me, it's, it will always be twelve twelve for Nick. It will be our wedding. I have given him our wedding as the real, real anniversary, as in the one we exchange presents at. But on twelve twelve, we'll just like go out to dinner and I'll be like, oh, we've been together this long. So just pick the one that has the most meaning to you and which one you feel a connection with. Um, so we hope that's helpful. If you listeners want your questions answered too late. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I mean, we're going to want to go out with a bang. So if you send us something really, really good, we will try and get it on the final episode. Oh, that's true. Because this will be, oh, we totally could do that. Because this is going to be coming out before we record our last episode. Oh my God, it's not too late. You could get your question on the final episode. DM us at this is why the pod or email us at contact at this is why the podcast.com. Please uh, send us something really salacious. We, <laughs> we really want to go out on a smutty note. On that note, we're going to talk about what we've been reading in the news. Angela, what have you been reading in the news? Um, so I have been reading, and I didn't realize that this would be relevant to you, but USA Today says one in four couples sleep in separate bedrooms. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm like, <laughs> like, I was going to say Trump and Melania who sleep in separate bedrooms, but that's like, they should. Do they? I mean, yeah, probably in separate homes on in separate <laughs> no, states. No, we've been doing it just more logistically <laughs> because we have two kids and they wake up 
And so we've, I've been like, why should we both suffer? Like we should right. switch off. Like one of us should get a good night's sleep and the other one can wake up and then we'll switch off. And the next night one can get a good night's sleep and the other one will wake up. So we're not both zombies. We'll just be like, we'll each be like half zombies. And so we've been doing that. But also Nick snores and I sleep so much better when I sleep by myself. Well, the general gist of it. So the, the reason I chose this article was because I randomly found myself um, off on a weekday and I was indulging in a little daytime television. And Kelly and Ryan, live with Kelly and Ryan, had this like sleep expert on and she was talking about the idea of sleep divorces which are she she was like, I, I don't know if she coined the term because she was like, I don't like how negative it sounds. Um, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong in your relationship. It just means like you're no longer sleeping in the same bed or bedroom. Um, and so what's you, the reason, though? So it could be anything. It could be like you're on different sleep schedules. One of you has insomnia. Like in my situation, Ian has insomnia. Um, and she was basically like, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your relationship, but there's such a stigma attached to it that a lot of people are afraid to tell other people if they're sleeping in separate beds because they think totally. people are going to think their relationship is bad. If I wasn't doing it, I would probably be drudgy for sure. But like what we'll do is we'll watch like a we'll, we'll watch our TV show like Billions. We'll like have dessert in bed and they'll be like, okay, night. We kiss. And then we go to our separate bedrooms and we both sleep so much better. Like, or at least yeah. I sleep so much better. I sleep so much better when he's on the bed. And I didn't know this because we didn't never we always slept in the same bed until literally like two, three months ago when we had a newborn. Or no, not even, because it didn't start until like halfway through where all of a sudden I was like, wait, why we have a guest room? Like, why why are we both suffering? You should go sleep in the guest room and I'll wake up to feed the baby. And then now we switch off and he'll do like a bottle. And it's just so much better. And now, and now I realize like, wow, and I also just sleep better. <laughs> it's funny that billions is part of your nightly routine because actually around here, so every night I try to go to bed like around 11. I'm very strict about my bedtime. Um, and Ian has insomnia, so he's like up all night. So every night at 11, uh, I say goodnight to Ian. I hand him the remote and then he turns on billions <laughs> because that's his like nighttime show. That I don't I, – I don't like Billions. I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, my God. It's so the best show ever. But, and it so films near me. It films, in, his, it films I know. in Brooklyn. I mean, I love Paul Giamatti. I would love to be his friend, but just not into the show. But that is Ian's insomnia show. But, like, I actually do love that, like, little period of time where I'm in bed by myself and I fall asleep by myself in the bed. It does feel really nice. And I look forward to it every night. So, like, I get it. Um, but she – so this woman, Wendy Troxel, she said that there was like um, some study or like where they, they polled a bunch of people and they said like um, – basically they found that people sleep better um, by themselves. But when you ask those same people, do you sleep better by yourself or with your partner, they say with their partner because like emotionally they feel better but i do yeah i do like look, sleep looking over and like seeing nick yeah i do get sad about that but it's only been like a couple months we've been doing this um i like that she says she doesn't know how children are impacted because rilo goes um something's like mommy's room <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> it's actually both of our rooms well uh, yeah she says she's just like talk to your children about it that's like her 
her thing. She says, explain to the child that families are different in many different ways. Parents sleep better when they sleep apart and getting healthy sleep is really important. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to last very long. And I think he knows it'll be like, oh, like mommy's sleeping in the baby's room right now. And it's just like, okay. Right. Um, You want to know what yeah. I've been reading? What are you reading? So NBC News announced that Pinterest is going to be banning all weight loss ads. Um, This is a Reuters article that I guess NBC News picked up, whatever. <laughs> like to cre- give credit where credit's due. Pinterest has announced that they're banning all ads with weight loss language and imagery, including ads that idealize or degenerate certain body types. Denigrate. I said degenerate. Denigrate. <laughs> uh, put down. Negatively. Thank you for – thank you, Dictionary (laughs) Sparrow. Sorry, I don't have my glasses and I'm sick. Denigrate certain body types. The company said it had developed the policy with guidance from the National Eating Disorders Association. So I think this is great. Um, Ads promoting healthy lifestyle habits or fitness service and products are still allowed on the platform if they do not focus on weight loss. So they have – I guess Pinterest, I didn't know this – they have long grappled with combating pro-eating disorder content on its site, which is like such a, I don't know, to me, such a random random website to have like well, an issue with eating disorder content. I think probably Pinterest more than any other like social media platform is mostly women, I would yeah. guess. I don't know for sure. And like I think that like because Pinterest is all about, you like know. Like vision boardy. Yeah. And so people are like. like Pinteresting hot bodies? Is that what's Yeah, happening? I mean, it's a scary, dark corner of the internet. But yeah, there's definitely a corner of the internet of people giving like very unhealthy tips about how to lose weight and, and keep it off. And uh, yeah, it's good that Pinterest took action. Yeah. Um. So, so, so yeah, they've been, I guess, combating this issue on its site and they – and has since – 2015 blocks such searches and directed users to expert organizations. Um, they already have rules against ads promoting weight loss pills or containing before and after weight loss imagery. So I had no idea this was even going on. I don't know. I'm like very naive when it comes to the internet now. I'm just like, <laughs> I just like read my little news stories and I go on Instagram and that's it. I just stay in my little, my little bubble. But, know, but I'm I'm glad because, as you know, if you've listened to the show, I sent many an, an angry email to my old doctor's office because <laughs> when I was pregnant, they had all these ads up all over their office about like post mommy bod like makeover, which was like, like, like all, I don't know, I don't know if it was like pla- I don't know if you call it technically plastic surgery, but it was like, it was like, you know, come. This is, you know, let us know if you want like a post-mommy body makeover, like to like lose that mommy weight and, you know, and I was like, I was, I was like, I'm pregnant. You should be promoting like a healthy body image and how it's healthy to gain weight, to hold your baby. Like I I shouldn't be looking at all these ads about how I need to be getting a post, a mommy makeover while I'm just got pregnant. I'm in your office. Like, well, it was nuts. It was nuts. So I'm obviously, this is an article right in my alley. Yeah. On that, I'm, oh, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of you that you wrote more than one angry email to your doctor's office about that. I did. Um, on that note, it is time for our topic of the week.
This week's topic is our six-year anniversary celebration. Yay. Yay. So the one-year anniversary of the rebranded show was back in May, but the podcast itself has existed for six years. That's right. Um, Six years, but you and I have been working together for even longer than that. So Since 2013. Yeah, this is this has been a long, long journey. Um, what I personally have always loved about the show is that it's a knowledge exchange and not just from us to our listeners, but from our listeners to us and from our guests to us. And I've learned a lot from recent episodes. I really – I mean like we have geared the rebranded show towards like where we are in our lives now. So like the kind of things we're talking about are things like the egg freezing episode with uh, Darla Murray and that we did the high risk pregnancy episode with Dr. Nathan Fox. And I learned so much from both of those. And I find myself quoting those shows a lot to people. And um, for the first time in like, a long what do you time, quote? Like, well, like I'm just able to like, you know, I know a lot of people at the age where they're <laughs> one or the other episode is relevant to them and I'm able to be like I feel like I learned so much about egg freezing and like how expensive it is and like the pros and cons to it like I I, it's like come up a lot I recommend both of those episodes to people all the time um the Dr. Fox episode I feel like the thing that the knowledge that I drop is always like you can eat sushi just don't get it it from a gas station but you can eat sushi yeah it's (laughs) it's like but also like probably don't get any food from a gas station exactly just like pregnant or not maybe don't do that um so yeah i think like those are episodes that i'm really proud of and i like sharing with people um i also have learned a lot from our listeners i our listeners are the best and they're always like reaching out about little things that I'll forget that we even mentioned on the show and they'll follow up about them. Um, Yeah, I love that when they like surprise me. Yes. A listener recently, they know that I love Cher. They recently like messaged me some fun facts about Cher that apparently Cher did the background vocals on the song Be My Baby, which I didn't know, even though I'm a Cher super fan. So (laughs) I really appreciate that. Wow, I can't believe they taught you something. I know. I was very excited. And I get a a lot of people tag me in like Dolly Parton memes all the time. So I appreciate that. Um, So yeah, it's just been really cool like creating this network of people. I've learned so much. I've learned so much about sex from our sexologists. I learned about nutrition from my friend Winnie English, who's one of my best friends. But then having her on the podcast, I learned stuff. I mean, it's just interesting like when someone's – when it's hot on the mic, like even – it's. I had somebody message me saying how much they love Nick from like their baby episode that we did recently. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like I'm like, I'm like newly hot for him every time I do the podcast with him because he like opens up in a way that he doesn't when we're not hot on the mic. And like it is, it is funny. Like even just with you, I'm sure we would like catch up and talk about stuff if we were at lunch, but it's just different in like a forum of the podcast in a weird way where it's well, like what structure. have you been go- where yeah it's like what if ex- maybe the structure helps like or it's more like I'm it's not so weird for me to like interview you or interview Nick or like really get in there whereas it would be easier for him to like dismiss one of my questions if it was just if we weren't on a mic you know but he feels more like he needs should answer it thoughtfully I don't know it's inter- it's just interesting I you you just I've learned so much about we've had a lot of friends on the podcast because our we're lucky that we have friends that do cool, interesting things 
in their lives and the format of interviewing our friends, I've learned so much about them. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. That's but, true. I think because like there's no small talk. So it's just like. You get, get into it. Right. Or yeah. I'd be like, I would never be like, so like, how did you get into this? Like, tell me about growing up. Like, I don't just, uh, it it would be, uh, it, it like changes the pattern of a normal conversation, I guess. Right. Kind of for the better, I think. For sure. Like, yeah. And like, you can be a little, you can ask more personal stuff and it doesn't feel weird because you're doing it for right. the show. Um and our listeners, they've also been helpful for me. A listener wrote in with a video, sending a video on how to put a comforter cover easier yes. on a comforter when I complained that about was oh, great. how hard it was to do and how Nick and I were like splitting up the chores and I was giving them all the hard chores and they sent me a YouTube and they've even suggested baby names. So, so many cool things. I love our listeners. And Angela and I were both very proud of our decision not to quote pod fade. Tell us what pod fading is, Angie Pai. Apparently, it's like a big phenomenon. According to Urban Dictionary, pod fade is when a podcast begins putting out episodes more and more sporadically and at greater intervals, typically begins with only one episode missed. But if a podcast isn't careful, it can compound sometimes as severe as one podcast every other month. Pod fade often leads to podcast death, which um, I feel like has kind of happened with um, How Was Your Week, the Julie Klausner podcast that I like. Uh-huh. Like she. She, she kind of like, there's just like no schedule to it. It's like when she feels like it, she'll release an episode, which like it's exciting when one drops, but yeah, it used to be more regular. Yeah. So I don't even think we would be able to do that. I mean, at least not with our network because they sell ads. So we like need right. to have them. But I remember, I remember even asking Nick, I'm like, well, what if we went to like a seasonal thing or every other week? And they were like, it's just like, yeah, that we would be pod fading. So I love that there's a term for it because it's like, wait, yeah. no, 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 we can't do that. We don't. We can't go down to like, because when people do seasons, that I always find that cool. But we would have had to. We would have had to start like that way. I think it's like more sad to go yeah. from like we've been recording every single freaking week for six years. We have not missed one week, which is totally bananas. We can't go from that amazing track record to like we're gonna do like. 12 a year, you know? Yeah, we're we're all or nothing gals. That's us. Um, so we figured we'd tell you the top episodes by download of all time. I love that this is number one. It was our squirting and sex tips featuring sex coach Kenneth Play. I mean I'm not at all shocked. That our that's best headline, one. right? Squirting yeah. and sex tips. Like, great, click, yes. Number 29, uh, number 29, number two, mastering first dates it had 29,000 that's why I said that um mastering first dates was uh, another one of our top ones which was just like a good yeah headline. I think like the title is very straightforward very straightforward like, yes I would like to do that I would like to master first dates yes um Laura's pregnant number three I'm glad that our listeners were invested enough in our personal lives to bump that one up to our third most popular ever of over 300 yeah. episodes so that's cool and um, creating your dating checklist, that was, uh, I think that Andrea was- Andrea Sortage. Yeah, yeah. I love And And Andrea goes back to my like magazine days, so it was cool to have her on the show. And I think that's an episode that you and I have referenced a lot on other episodes because the checklist was so helpful to people. So that's yeah. also not surprising to me that it's a top one. It was really helpful, yeah. And then number, what is this? Number five, one, two, three, four, five, the engagement game. This actually surprised me because um, it's not like a 
uh, I, I would have maybe like done a different headline, you know, right, or, or different the engagement game. Like, do people really know what that means? But I guess they did know what it meant, which is like you don't want to play games around like getting engaged, you know, right. and like the engagement game. That was author Joy Marie McKenzie, um, yes. and then casual hookups and debunking sex myths. That was featuring Dr. Jana, sex researcher, Dr. Jana. And that was, she was so, she was just so smart and had such great advice. And our top episodes of our rebrand were, I'll just say it real quick. Number one, toxic positivity. Number two, anxiety and coping skills. Number three, friendship during a global pandemic, which was our very first rebrand episode. Number four, how to be or not to be productive. Number five, new dating etiquette. And six, how to say no to commitments. So that's interesting. Yeah, like people really wanted just like simple was, simple skills or simple advice. Yeah. I don't know. I also think the rebrand, like those episodes in particular, kind of like focused on mental health type things, which in the last year, not surprising that and that was, was a just, focus for people. Yeah, when it came to like creating our – like the themes, we just – we pretty much we either would come up with them because it was something that was going on in our heads or that we just felt like, okay, we have a lot to talk about or this is this is something I want to talk about or a lot of them were inspired by the questions we got from you guys. Yeah. I think most of them were inspired by questions. We would get a question and we'd be like, oh, this is good. Let's just make – let's do a whole episode around this. Yeah. So, and I think I think the best episodes were always when like an idea we had swirling around like coincided with questions that were relevant to that like I feel like that's what happened with the toxic positivity episode and I was like oh yes this is this is perfect for sure well guys that is it for this week's this is why podcast thank you for the past six years this is our third to last episode please send us your questions to get them on the very last episode we love you thank you for six years and goodbye but not forever yeah, and I'm. We're not going to get too emotional right now because we still have the final episode where we're going to like do this all over again. Exactly, so, exactly. So that we're going to treat this like any other episode. We're going to see you guys next week. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not crying yet. Check out our book. This is why you're single. My new book, Cinderella on the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. Those are great ways you can support us in our final days. <laughs> Final weeks, I should say. They're available wherever you get books. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Um, we we encourage can... you to get them at your local indie bookstore as always. Yes, we do. Um, and you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of our sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. I don't know what happens to our codes after the show ends. So go get your discounted stuff now just in case. Um, we are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Why the Pod. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thanks for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Because there will be. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This is why. This is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. That was a headgum podcast.